Hello today. I'm really thrilled actually to be here with David. Hello, David. Well, hello, Kate. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? Uh, great. It's pretty amazing that we can Good. do this uh, across the across the globe like this, huh? It is. Technology. It's wonderful. wonderful. So, um, I'd heard of Tachyon, obviously. It was kind of on my radar. But then January of this year, I met some people who were really into it and raving about it. And it just, you know, when you hear something and it just resonates with you really deeply and you're like, yes, I know, that's what I need to look into. And yeah. so since the beginning of the year, I've been getting everything tacky and I'm actually wearing my tacky on silk scarf right now to talk to you. <laughs> um, and I love it and I love it so much. And so I'm telling everyone about it. And of course, I'm really bad at explaining it. So maybe we could start by just, could you give us a, a rundown on on how you understand tachyon, what it is and how it works. Hmm, okay. Well, there's so, so many different levels that I can talk about it from. Um, from the scientific perspective, Kate, uh, tachyon is the, uh, the source of all frequencies. It's, it's the form of the zero-point field. Now, the zero-point field is a field, so we can't actually do anything with it because it's a, it's a field. We need a particle, and the first particle out of the zero-point field from the scientific perspective is the tachyon particle. And now the tachyon particle itself still is beyond light speed, but it represents that energy that is the source of all frequencies. And we live in this magnificent frequency-oriented world of form that we're in now. So tachyon is that source that is converted into the different frequencies that we need to create health, to create almost everything that we can imagine in this world of form. And so it is a precursor to form. It is, it is uh, allowing us to touch and then pull what is needed straight through it uh, into our environment, into our bodies, into whatever we're working with, so that perfect form or balance can be found. And this is so important in these times that we're in right now. So as I look at tachyons and what they do for us, um, we understand that uh, uh, everything has a subtle organizing energy field. That is a field around it that knows what it's holding. It's, it's really consciousness. Uh, you have one, and some people refer to it as the aura. That's the outside edges, maybe, that knows that you're inside in form within it. But everything has it, all the way down to, to the smallest thing. But let's take an example of like a liver, for an example. There's a subtle organizing energy field. Uh, Gabriel Cousins and I talk about it extensively in our books um, that, that knows that it's holding a liver for the individual. So your liver, Kate, uh, soap is different than mine. Yeah. It knows that mine is mine and yours is yours. And when it's depleted, we naturally would convert out of the tachyon field, I mean tachyon um, uh, energy, the frequencies we need to restore it back to balance. And so if we lived in a world where there was no, um, um, no interference or no negative uh, interference that deplete our energy systems, we wouldn't even need what I do. We would just be, you know, glowing angels all the time. Um, and, and that's the way it was supposed to work. But when things get out of balance, then what we have and what I de uh, developed in 1990, I invented a process called tachinization, which restructures materials at the submolecular level 
turning them into permanent tachyon antennas. They don't have tachyon in them, they're just the antenna. Mm -hmm. And they never need to be recharged or anything, just like a radio antenna, you never send it back to Sony to get more music. It just attracts and moves that through. And so the antennas, like the scarf you're wearing, that is providing that tachyon energy to the body, and the body is just converting it into that balanced, perfect, who you are person. Was that too... uh, No, that was just stunning. (laughs) <laughs> can we go back then and can you tell us what, how you came into this field of work and, and what your epiphanies were and what your background was before you, before you got into all this? Sure. Um, when I was a, a, a very young child, um, I began to see energy moving and it was very, very disruptive to my life. I have uh, you know, quite a, an extensive story on how it all came about and uh, how the disorientation almost got me locked away. But uh, what happened was that I I was able to see energy and energy movement. And it was so disorienting because most things that were around me at that exact moment were man-made. Furniture, carpet, polyester, uh, all this stuff that was there at the time. And it has a very chaotic, energetic pattern. And so I was looking at that and seeing that and freaking out the very first time that it happened. And and my mother happened to be working that night at a restaurant across the street of a row of houses with a sign that was about 40 or 50 feet high. And on the top of that sign, it rotated around and it was called the Carousel Restaurant. Kind of interesting. But in any case... Um, I was at home alone, and I was, uh, I don't know, six, seven years old right then, and uh, and she was working. So I called her and said, hey, mom, you know, some, uh, I tried to get my mom, and they said she was busy, so they said she'd call back. So then I waited, and when she called back, I told her, hey, mom, you know, everything's messed up. I tried to explain this, yeah. and you can't explain it from yeah. a little kid's perspective because you have no reference. Yeah. She said, I was dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. And I I told her, no, I'm wide awake and everything's moving. She said, no, son, just go out the front door. And we had a 25-foot-long cord on our old rotary phone. Go out the front door and look across the street and you'll see the sign. And you'll know everything's okay. So I walked out the front door scared. It was 1130 at night. And I looked outside and what I saw was the tree and the grass. Yeah. and the bushes yeah. and they were all flowing in this wow. this this incredibly magical flow that was wow. so and I looked at it, I went ah! and she says do you see the sign and I said oh my yes mom I see the sign yes I do I do <laughs> she said are you okay and I said sure I'm fine wow. she said okay go back in the house and you'll be fine I said okay bye and she thought I was talking about the carousel sign up on <laughs> the restaurant but what the sign really was, was I was able to see that nature was moving and that it was not chaotic, yeah. but it was harmonious and balancing. And so I was able to witness this and it brought me to nature and and has been a gift of mine all my life to be able to see energy move. And that that became really a stepping stone because then when I hit third grade, I started to hear people thoughts and and get their visions of what they were thinking in in picture format. And my grandmother, who was in Mexico, and I would go there every year, and she was a missionary, uh, a Christian missionary there. And um, I would go there every summer from beginning to end and live this spiritual life that was without um, 
without 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 the confines yeah. of what we call religion, and uh, and and there she was able to help me grow and understand that hearing people wasn't what I thought it was. What I thought it was, I thought everybody could, and so when you said something, whether you thought it or said it, I would respond to it. <laughs> and nobody wants you in their head. Nobody. And so I got in so much trouble. They were going to kick me out of school. My grand, my mom called my grandma. Said I don't know what to do. She said, "Send them to me now, right now. Just put, take them out of school. Put them on on an airplane, and I'll pay." Uh-huh. So when I got there, she she cried in my arms, or I was in her arms, and she said, "I'm so sorry. I saw this happening. I could see you were hearing what I was thinking. I didn't know what to do." And so she really nurtured me along that path into adolescence of being able to understand the difference between hearing what you were saying and knowing what you were right, thinking. Right, right. So here this Which is little two kid very is, different it, things a lot of the time, isn't it? Pardon me? It's two very different things a lot of the time. <laughs> what someone says and what they're really thinking can be really, really oh. different. <laughs> oh man and I learned a lot I mean I remember once looking at a young lady and I said so how how long have you been pregnant and she looked at me and then looked at her mom and that was when I realized nobody wants you to hear them uh-huh. she hadn't told her mom uh-huh. oh no and I learned that nobody wants to hear what so you know I, I really you know it was part of the evolutionary process but here this kid was growing up he could see energy and he could hear thoughts well that made me a master of what we call our universe I mean everywhere I went I I, I was able to do what everybody else couldn't and that brought me into the engineering and uh, and scientific worlds of inventing things and creating new things and and uh, working on things I mean I, I invented the toaster oven about nine years before it was patented <laughs> I have one I built it I yeah. you know uh, I would go to my 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 family's houses and they said oh David we're so happy to see you don't take apart anything <laughs> <laughs> because I had this thing you know if it had energy moving through it I needed to find out why what made that work how did that function so have you, and so, have you sorry have you considered where this gift came from or why why you think you had it uh well yeah sure now i do have considerations but i don't really try to put a pin in the in uh-huh. the paper and say this is where it came from but i do realize that uh, most people have incredible gifts that were given to us and if we nurture them and if we will you know expand them as they seem to be fit we expand with them uh-huh these gifts that all of us are gifted with, in my case, I had the right background and the right people and then the right life where I was able to not shut them down but expand them yeah. to their ultimate, uh, uh, um, well, maybe not ultimate yet, but to their, to their yes. possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the energy that comes through me that, that has guided me all of my life is, is a vibration that can be converted into words. You know, and lots of people want to put a label on it. And I find that the moment I put a label on something, it's defined. And it has to live with that label. So I try not to define so many things because the older I get, the more it expands into the unbelievable. Yeah. Now it's believable. (laughs) I've I've heard it called Palladian technology. Is that a phrase you would use yourself? I have heard it being called that many times. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, when you look at, from the scientific perspective, all that is is so large that what we know about it is, is really just a speck. Uh-huh. We, we, we know things in our worlds as we know our worlds. And what's beyond that is so much greater than what, what we can possibly uh, um, interpret. Yeah, yeah. And so all this took me into the engineering world and inventing yeah. world created all kinds of things, and, and then one day um, in, uh, in my morning meditation, uh, I was told that something would happen today that would change my life forever, wow. and I shared that with one of my engineer friends who was in my healing and meditation group that I was, that I was teaching at the time, and he, he grabbed hold of the table, uh, or actually the arms of the, of the uh, car, because we were driving when I told him, he said, I wasn't mentioned, was I? And, and it was a really odd moment because he got deeper what I said than I had. Yeah. That something today would happen that would change my life forever. And he thought it was going to be an accident. Oh. And I thought it was going to be, you know, a new insight into my electromagnetic field work that I was doing. Or I was working on a free energy device. Maybe I would get some beautiful insight on how to keep it from frying itself. and yeah. Meaning, proper. Uh, you know, I was going to have this new perspective. And what really happened was that about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was moving a huge file cabinet for a pregnant uh, employee. I was an engineer at Digital um, Technologies. I had 134 engineers that brought me their hardware and software for me to proof and uh, troubleshoot and and, uh, quality assurance tests so that we could um, produce the product that we were producing. And that was an easy thing because, you know, I could see and hear what was wrong with it before they would tell me or show me. Um, But anyway, we were moving the file cabinet, and then uh, the vice president of the corporation was helping me, and he got a page. So he left, and the file cabinet was completely full, and I needed to move it only three more feet. So I jumped on top of the wheels, and you can envision, I'm on top of the wheels holding the cart, the, the file cabinet strapped to the cart, to the dolly, I pushed the wheels out, jumped back, going to catch it, and it didn't work out. Uh-huh. And ended up crushing me. And uh, next thing I know, there's, you know, they're calling for ambulances and people are pulling it off and I'm screaming. And, and then there came this surreal moment when my engineer friend popped his head over the cubicle and said, David, David, is this it? <laughs> and, I, and I had to laugh because obviously this was it. <laughs> So, so the words uh, echoed, uh, today something would happen that would change your life forever. And what didn't stick at the time was the second sentence that went with that. It was, something would happen that would change your life forever, and remember, it's for the best. Yeah. And so what next happened was, you know, I mean, I was a, uh, a healer. I, I taught healing, I taught meditation, plus I was a scientist inventing and creating and doing all of this magical stuff. What a magical life I thought I had. Yeah. And, uh, and then here I was completely crunched. So the next year to a year and a half, I tried everything that I could to heal myself. Uh-huh. I tried and I tried. I tried this. I tried that. I, I, I did everything I could. Then I finally was, um, was at the end of the rope. I had, I'd seen 14 orthopedic surgeons um, they said I had three ruptured discs. They, they couldn't fix it. They tried every, each one had their own way. Finally, one surgeon convinced me to have surgery. I had the surgery and they pierced the uh, nerve going down my left leg, which turned my left calf and uh, 
thigh on fire. Mm. And uh, so they actually put me in worse condition. Mm. And so then they said, hey, this is it. Sorry, uh, he's disabled for the rest of his life. They sent me to court. The court stamped it, put me on, dis not on social security, not disability. In the United States, disability would be if you're hurt. Social security is when you're over 65. That's your pension for the rest of your life. And they put me on that and said he's done. And that was that. And uh, How so there are. How old were you at this point? Um, 20. Oof. 28, 29, wow, wow. 31. <laughs> <laughs> um, time is a problem for me. It was, an 1880, it was in 1987. So I'd have to do the math. Um, <laughs> yeah, very young. You hit, you hit my part where I'm with time, I have a real issue. Yeah. Um, and it's okay issue. I don't mind it. I just yeah. don't have a concept of time. Yeah. Um, and then so what happened after that was I laid in pain and couldn't find any solutions. And it wasn't until almost uh, two years after the accident that in my meditation, I finally had had enough. And I screamed and yelled at spirit, the spirit that I had said earlier, rumbled through me and had yeah. guided me its whole life. Yeah. And I and I would just came unglued and angry. But it wasn't like the anger that you have when you have an accident. That you know, the normal steps that you go through. That this had nothing to do with that. I'd already done that. Um this this was more at the realization that I somehow felt betrayed because spirit had always taken I, I'd always had yeah. this direct connection. Yeah always been guided and now here I am completely disabled I can't hold my baby I can't make love I can't wash my hair I can't walk for more than 10 minutes uh, and they said this was for the best how, how is that possible yeah. and so I screamed I really I screamed and then the rumble came back and it said to me it said so what are you asking and that was again another surreal moment in my life because in that moment, everything stripped away from everything that I knew, and I became clear of one thing. I had never, since the accident, asked wow. what to do. I had never asked what was I supposed <laughs> to do with this. I would never done what I'd been doing all my life and been guided and asked and, you know, do all the things that yeah. I'd ever done. I just thought it was all about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I said... In the meditation, I said, what do I do? And the rumble came back almost as quickly as mine went out. And it said, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes. And then what happened next could have been, I do have a problem, a real problem with time. It could have been five minutes or five hours. I really do not know. Yeah. But through me came my whole entire universe that I know. And everything that I'd ever seen and new information and it all came apart and then reformed into something that I, I knew what all the parts were, but I could not figure out what it was. Wow. I'd never seen or it just, it was beyond anything that my mental mind could comprehend. But yet it was a complete downloading of the blueprint, if you will, for what I was to do next. And that was to develop the tachinization process. Yeah. 
Amazing. So <laughs> as, as, as soon as that happened, I came out of the meditation and with the clarity that, you know what, I just spent two years in misery and I might have been able to just say, what do I do now, two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> but but isn't that how life is? Sometimes we, we, we think we know and really, you know, spirit's guidance is all we needed. Yeah, I think you have to be ready for things, don't you? I think when you're ready, then the answer mm. comes. But you have to go through that internal process to be ready. And sometimes you just it's just yeah. a process that you have to go through. But as soon as you're ready, like you say, if you're clear and you ask, there's always an answer. And absolutely. And you know, if I would have asked two years before, my story wouldn't have been... <laughs> So Being a surgeon and just all the things that it was. Yeah. So then, then I borrowed some money and I built the first uh, tachinization machine, um, and you know that that burnt up almost immediately. But I could see what was going wrong because it starts on electricity to get it moving, but then then it takes over after that. And it took me a while before, um, but not a very long while, before I was able to produce the first things out of it. And I started applying them to my back, and my back, within four months, was 90% healed. Wow. Wow. And, and then I got this silly idea, Kate, that I was supposed to, um, you know, go back to my magical world. And so uh, that magical world was being an engineer and a scientist and, and inventing things and doing all that. And, and so I went to the Social Security Department and I said, hey, listen, I want to go back to work. And they said, they'll take me. And they, the people at Social Security said, you know, we have at least 100 ways to keep you underaged from getting on your pension, your Social Security. Yeah. And we have 100 ways to stop you. But nobody has ever gotten... 62, I'm sorry, 65 years old and gotten 64. So what I, she meant to say was nobody's ever gotten on it and then said, I want off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I retire, I retire. You don't go, okay. <laughs> and so so she said, I can't get take your pension back. I don't have any way to <laughs> stop it. You're just going to have to wait and I will do paperwork and it could take six months or a year but you're gonna have to wait and let me try to figure this out yeah. <laughs> so so I went back and I said okay spirit I gotta wait what do I do and uh, it was clear uh, that go ahead and play with this test yeah. it find out what you can find out can I just and ask so, you the things that you used on your back is that the silica discs that you you have now is it the same thing no, um, silica discs, everything has evolved. They were a cut wafer of quartz, uh -huh. fragile, but uh, small, maybe 35, 40 millimeters um, each. And I had uh, the first ones that I did, I did eight of them. And uh, that was the first product. Now, we don't make anything that's exactly like that because uh -huh. we're so far from uh -huh. that. Um, we make things that are, you know, 500 times more powerful than that and things that are much more versatile and that we can wear and that we can use. Um, but it would, if you were to compare it to something, it would be like a silica disc, just about yeah. 35 millimeters and a little thicker. Yeah. And this was in the early 90s, you say? Uh, right now, we're coming up to 1990. We're in 89, 90. Yeah. We're in 89 right now. Right. So you're so way ahead of your time because now everything, like... Crystals and healing and Reiki—it's very, it's very fashionable now, isn't it? But back then, it was still really, really 
you know, people didn't really know about it, did they? No, they didn't. And it was amazing because one of the things that I saw and that led me to being with Harris Digital, I mean, the computers that I was in charge of that we were developing were for the uh, FHA. Uh, that's uh, It was for the uh, air-to-ground communications for um, uh, commercial jets. Yeah. And the um, particular computer that I was in charge of that we were developing was 12 feet long, 6 feet high, three feet wide and created this amazingly strong electromagnetic field that I could see. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that I was so interested in when I took this and decided to take that job is because I could see it depleting people, yeah. human energy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a vampire. I mean, yeah. literally a vampire. And, and nobody would listen to me. <laughs> it was just like unheard of in, yeah. in, uh, in the late 80s uh, that EMFs were a significant issue. Yeah. And I was, you know, throwing up my hands and yelling and screaming about it, but nobody listened. Yeah, still now people don't. <laughs> well, they're getting, they're getting wiser and wiser. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, with, with the electromagnetic fields and cell phone radiation, the, the government can't do anything. I've sat with over on your side of the pond with um, uh, the cell phone company. Um, what's it called? Um, T-Mobile. Yeah. And I've sat and I've sat at at high end meetings with them, and they like GE agrees that there may be a problem, but if they say there's a problem, yeah. then they'll be sued so yeah, bad yeah. that. You, you know, the thing to do is to, for them, is to just ignore it yeah. and pretend there is no problem so that they don't lose their yeah. market share. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, there's more and more and more and more and more devices, and they're all running at different frequencies, yeah. which means that all frequency approaches to countering electromagnetic fields don't work. They only work on a set of frequencies, not all of them. Right. And, uh it's pretty it's, so people the only thing that people can do is become proactive if you don't become proactive about this subject then you're just nothing more than a guinea pig for what's going on yeah. and and it's hitting an epidemic level for sure oh, no, I know it really worries me while we're, while we're on it can you explain a bit then because I have one on my phone and I have one I have a cube on my laptop can you tell us a bit about those and how they how they work sure um when one understands that tachyons will create order or balance out of anything that's disorderly, then it's easy to extend the technology from healing on the body to any other different things like electromagnetic fields. For an example, EMFs themselves um, are not really the issue. The issue is on the, um, on, on the wavelength as it goes up and down, if you'll imagine that, on each peak, up or down, whatever direction, there's a bifurcation, and, and it's, it's coming apart. This is a man-made EMF, not, not planet-made. And this man-made EMF is bifurcating, and, and when it bifurcates, it dissipates anything around it. It's, it's, it's the problem that we have. Um, and when we get into its energetic um, field, then it actually um, depletes our own energetic system, uh, and whatever your weakest system is, is what will become your first thing to notice. Now, when we apply tachyon to this, 
whether it be on a cell phone or electromagnetic field or you know at the at the breaker box itself what we do is we charge uh, not charge we restructure or balance mm -hmm. the electromagnetic field so it doesn't bifurcate mm -hmm. since it doesn't bifurcate we don't have the depletion on the physical body and that's been proven right and so no matter what frequency, for instance, a cell phone, whether it's a G4, a G3, an X light, or whatever it is that's next, the, the frequency is different, but it holds its, um, its, its form much, much, much larger, and it's past us by the time it breaks out. Okay. So when we apply these on the phone, it keeps it in, uh, in balance. Uh, the electromagnetic, the electromagnetic field or the radiation, whatever you're looking at. And, um, same thing happens when we're doing it with our computers. Uh, with a phone disc you have, you have inside that you have two cells that are pointing towards each other and bouncing, creating a very, very strong field that anything electrically going through there is immediately organized and it stays organized. Mm -hmm. Can you um, speak on smart meters a little bit because that really troubles me as well. Wow. Well, um, I think that um, I'm getting I'm getting calls from Europe now about smart meters. Smart meters are in California. We they're everywhere here, and we all know about them and we understand them. And so I developed a smart meter kit specifically to go around it. That the smart meter is pulsing full time its frequency, and then when the other when they come by to pick it up, it increases even. Uh, stronger, but it is it is on 24/7 and it is hitting us 24/7. It is one of those free gifts that uh, technology gives us that is depleting our systems and we can't even see it. Yeah. So when the we have them on our gas meters and uh, electrical meters here in the United States. France is France is, is got a big uh, project going on and we're trying to work with them on yeah. their smart meter issues. Um, when we talk to PG&E, which is called Pacific Gas and Electric, about it, they are very clear. They say you can opt out of it, but it saves everybody money, and it allows us to charge you more during peak hours and less during off-peak hours. And we don't care about the electromagnetic field yeah. because, you know, it's, it's, it's either a problem or it's not, and they yeah. don't care. Yeah. So, again, there we are. We're back to being proactive. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I've done a lot with creating sacred space. And what I call a sacred space is a place where you can go into and you're not hit with any um, uh, chaotic energies, whether it be electromagnetic fields or, or radio waves or, or cell phones. I mean, if you could see what's in the room we're in right now, I'm in, you're in, if you could see all the frequencies, it, it would it, you wouldn't be able to see anything else. And, <laughs> If I bring my cell phone over and sit next to you, my USA cell phone will work. What? <laughs> That's because there's so much in there that, that we can make yeah. that connection. Yeah. And so what we do is we create sacred spaces where that is harmonious and in balance. We do it with stardust on the walls for painting. We do it with sunspots that create and organize the whole energetic field there. We do it with um, uh, stargates, which um, you know are for meditative and, and space uh, expansion. Then we do it, excuse me, with individual items like uh, like you have with your cell phone or with, a, with on your laptop, you probably have a cube there. Uh, we also we also help create these spaces by putting uh, silica discs 
in the circuit breaker where the energy comes into the house. Oh. So we attack it right there to make it affordable and effective. Uh, and that works for most uh, wow. places. So would that neutralize the smart meters as well? It will not neutralize the smart meters because it's not the electricity coming to uh -huh, it uh -huh. that's causing the problem. It is that it's generating its own pulse at uh -huh, the source. Uh -huh. That's where the problem is with a smart meter. Um, it's just like if you plug your phone into the cord, even if the cord's plugged into the protected electrical with the uh, discs on the power, the phone is still going to be a problem because it's generating its own um, pulse outward. Right, right. Which creates a tremendous problem when we're walking around town and everything. Everybody else's devices are, are able to deplete the system as well. And so we actually created devices that, uh, that fun <coughs> function to be uh, EMF protective uh, so that they can be worn and then you're being protected from all the things you're walking through, including negative energy, which are constructed by human concepts. Yeah, yeah. So you've mentioned a lot of different devices there, and I think we currently, <laughs> yeah. we currently on our website maybe have around 20 of them, and I know there's like hundreds of things on your website. So for people that are, are curious and haven't got something already, what are the best starting points that you would recommend? Um, are you referring to EMFs and cell phones? Well, just or just generally, or? like if someone's going to invest in one of your devices, what are the most popular Items, well, what would you what would you recommend as a starting point? That's a, that's a good that's a good question. I'm I'm working with a young man. Uh, he's he's an amazing person and being, and he his his vision and his ability um, is really 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 you know he's one of these gifted kids he's 16 and he's working on something that's very similar to your question he's looking at the world and seeing how much chaos is in it and he's realizing that his generation is here to usher in an enlightenment state but he's he he's taking a stance saying we can't usher in enlightenment when you're giving us this yeah fix and so he, he's been working with, uh, the, uh, with the individuals, and one of the things him and I were talking about is, is the formula for enlightenment he was looking at, and the first step that he's looking at is electromagnetic fields, because almost everybody's being depleted. Yeah. And as they're being depleted in the, the videos that he's doing, he's talking about how our structures, we, we just, we're just guinea pigs. We don't have any choice in it, and if you're not proactive, then, then you, you just, you're just part of their system that's happening. So when I'm looking at that and understanding that, I look at the tachyon world and see what's going on. And, you know, one of the things that uh, mirrors his uh, input is, is Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who is the author of Conscious Eating and a whole bunch of other things. Um, um, he just recently pointed out that one of our devices that he stumbled across and he's done a lot of work with Tachyon and does a lot of work with Tachyon, but he stumbled upon something new that I, I developed that I had never sent him, uh, and it's called a Mini-V. And it is a pendant yeah. that he said as he researched and tested, and he, he, actually, he actually put out that um, he compared it to almost every device available because electromagnetic fields are something that he sees big, and he said that the Mini-V is 
I think he said, is uh, at least 100 times more protective, EMF, EMF protective than any device he has ever tested, period. And when you're looking at something, you know, I mean, this is a very inexpensive way to get into Tachyon and experience what it's doing. And, you know, if you, if you check our website, you can look at all the testimonials. And we have four websites, so you'll probably be able to get to one. And that's probably got 50 testimonials. And all they say is, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I put this on, and, and they don't know why or what is happening. But what's really happening is is because of what we've done, the tachinization process, and we're using a uh, specially, we cut this, uh, um, this uh, quartz into, into so that it fits inside the pendant perfectly and it's 100%, you, you can't hurt it. And then what happens, it's tachinized and so it acts as a, as a like mini vortexual energy which moves the energy down and through you. Mm. And as it does that, it integrates your energy system and electromagnetic fields don't have a, there's so much moving that they don't have a chance to deplete you. It's de pleading something that's gone already and all of a sudden they're feeling integrated calm quiet there's just so many um, different things that are, are being said about it and so when people are saying where where can i start well if you want to start easy you can just uh try try one of these pendants yeah. um and, and i mean we've got them on little kids um, yeah, like the son. picture is on your son, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, my son gives one to everybody uh, for their birthday. Oh, that's so <laughs> And sweet. now, and and, uh, and I have a son in high school, and uh, and his the 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 director of ArtQuest, which he's in uh, a special um, advanced art program. She now wears one because she saw his. She asked her son, what is that? Her son tried to explain. She said, let me try it. She got one. <laughs> and, and it just expands like that. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows why. Yeah. Uh, I do. But nobody <laughs> really knows why. And they don't really question. They put it on. And within a day or two, they notice yeah. so something's do happening. To, do you have to wear it around your neck? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, where would you like to wear it? Well, I mean, could you just have it in your pocket or... Yeah, but it's better on the center line. We did we did make a few of them for uh, a guy that he puts them into belt buckles, um, so that they're on the, they're built into what he's making art wise. Um, but if they're on the center line, the chakra system will just naturally move with it, and it's really an invitation. And you have different colors. Is that just aesthetics, or have the colors got different properties? Well, the color has properties, but the effect that we're looking at isn't from color. Mm -hmm. It is really, it is really from uh, what we've done, what's inside of it, and how it's functioning. And again, I want to say that uh, tachyon is a the tachyonization process is permanent, as far as we know, permanent is. But we've never had one need to be retachyonized, so oh, cool. it's something that lasts a lifetime. So it's it's really really uh, cool that way. Could you just speak? So that's a wonderful place to start. Yeah, uh, you know, everybody should have one on their cell phone. Of course, that goes without saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to be putting this to your head or using it at all, carrying it in any way, you need to you need to uh, uh, restructure it so that it's not hurting you. Yeah. It can be a tool um, that is usable. And, and like like the uh, like the TV show that I was working with a boy on, he said, you know, we've got so many magnificent technologies. You put them all together and they become such a depleting force that 
he says, I wonder if it's even worth it. And I said, well, you know, if we're proactive and we do what we do, nobody's going to put down their phone. Yeah. You've got to <laughs> tell them to, to fix it themselves because nobody's going to fix it for them. Yeah. Could you speak on Gabriel Cousins a little bit? Because obviously he's very well known in the, in the raw food community. How did you get to meet him and, and how have you worked together? Well, Gabriel Cousins and I actually met in the mid-'80s um, around uh, World Peace. Yeah. And we, uh, we were working with uh, and uh, 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 structuring uh, Peace 21, which is a worldwide peace organization, um, uh, and it meditates every solstice and equinox. In any case, Peace 21 is where him and I used to join up and meet for all of our meetings there. And we would sit across from each other and... And it's a beautiful thing, Gabriel and I, uh, and our relationship, which has uh, gone on through these years, because we we're not there about we're not there for anything but world peace. So we don't talk about he doesn't talk about what he does. I don't talk about what I do, and you know we just live that way. Then I got hurt, so then I was out of it. But I would still come to that a little bit, and then I got better, and then I was back in it, and then we you know we developed it and we opened it up here and there and can and. So it just kept expanding, and we kept working together, and we were having such a great time. And then, in about 1991, uh, one of the one of the volunteers had gotten hurt uh, in between meetings, and I had had them come over, and I took care of them. And so they were back at we were back at the meeting, and uh, Dan, his name's Dan Minto, and and he was looking at me and Gabriel, and he said. You guys never really talk, do you? And I said, "Look at each other. What, what are you talking about?" And he says, "Well, Gabriel has written about tachyon, and you invented tachyon. Do you guys know that?" And we looked at each other and went, "What? We had absolutely zero idea." And you know, and then it was, and then for years, uh, the next years, it was like two kids in a candy store. Oh my gosh, he he is the world's, you know, foremost in my mind on raw food and how to heal the body from from the raw food perspective and here i am on the other side from the energetic perspective so we are both purists in our own rights and when we united we were able to do anything it was it it, it, it's been an amazing journey so gabriel and i became uh, friends and then we became very very tight and worked together for um on so many different projects um, um he co-trained with me i co-trained with him um he would come to abisa and, and participate in my level three workshops um we taconized his temple in uh with materials in uh patagonia arizona um and he did all kinds of research we developed most of the formulas for our organ specific products together um, we've been just, you know, great friends since then till now. I'm, I'm on the board of directors for the Tree of Life Foundation. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Tip, tip. So, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, when these two kinds of points touch, yeah. do they never, they never untouch. <laughs> <laughs> so do you eat a high raw diet yourself? Um, am I on a raw diet? No, I'm at about 65, 70% raw. Yeah, yeah. That's what works for me. I have a I have an allergy to nuts, yeah. uh, raw nuts. Yeah. And uh, for Gabriel and I, that was a huge stumbling block that he worked on for years. He was yeah. he was bound determined to figure out how to how to turn me raw with uh, raw nuts. I don't <laughs> eat nuts. I'm raw and I don't eat nuts. 
Yeah. Well, that was my main thing of protein because, <laughs> you know, I, uh, so. Yeah, I do lots of chlorella. Yeah, that works good. Chlorella and maca. Yeah. But now we're talking about 1992, 93, 94. So um, things have changed since then in the raw food and what we have available to yeah, us now. Yeah. I mean. I mean, we have beautiful raw food restaurant. I have a raw food restaurant right down the street. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's from him. You know, they, they, one of the cooks is, is his. The yeah. owner, you know, uh, studied with him to learn how to do that. And, yeah. you know, so that, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. So I think last question, I'd like to just ask you um, about the current, world situation because there's so much fear and so much anger so much negativity pouring out at the moment and it's it's very hard I think for people to remain um, connected and positive at the moment so uh, I wondered if you just wanted to, to share your your thoughts and feelings on, on where the world is and where we're heading at the moment sure I think um <clears throat> I think you said it very well that we all need to be ready in order to make that shift mm -hmm. to the next step. And you know, if it just if my life was a micro of, of of what's happening, we have to sometimes really feel and experience the negative before we realize that we don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And we have tools around us that can eradicate that, that can be used to to uh, integrate our own systems and bring us back into the light and balance of it. So when I look around the world, I see a lot of people and I see a lot of things. I mean, look at what just happened in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see these things happening, but yet they, they should be the catalyst for what's igniting right. and happening. Right. Um, I'm going to turn on my computer for a half a second here, and I'll read you something that I got today. Brilliant. And I think it's the right kind of thing that we that we want yeah. to share. So hold on. Let's see. Yesterday, uh, this person is a tantra master, yeah. and they are a top tantra teacher, and they're at a tantra festival. Uh, we had a day where men and women were separated, and then came back together in the evening for an awesome ritual. The male teachers were wearing their tachyon ultras. And the female teachers were wearing theirs as well, uh, period. Wow, five exclamations. Talk about rocking <laughs> the world. This is awesome. What happens in the energy field when these spheres are being used? One world-renowned teacher with years of experience, and they give it a name, but I won't say it because I don't have permission, uh, made the comment. The women received a complete five-day workshop in two hours. Wow. They will never be the same. In short, I can say we are bringing the Sat Yung, the age of truth, into the Kali Yung, wow. the age of chaos and destruction. Sat Yung energy is so alive here and anywhere that these products are worn. Soon the whole, and they use the name of the Worldwide Organization for Conscious Spirituality, will be all turned on to the Tachyon Pleasure Tools. They are teacher, there are teachers here from the organization, and there's more names, but I don't want, I'm not name dropping. I'm getting <laughs> the fact that the world is spreading and activation is happening everywhere, and that they say that, uh, that uh, with what they're seeing, um, there is one place here where she talks about angels 
flooding the room. I was floating about five feet off the ground. One woman came up to me and exclaimed, the whole room was full of angels. My God, what a powerful experience. Another woman, a teacher, and came up to me and said, I was wearing my tachyon spheres and through this meditation it was so amazing and so much more comments came from that. Um, so in their experience with these masters, the, the, the rooms were filled with angels and angelic presence and when, when, when you're at the top, this can come down mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. When we're at the bottom trying to fight up, that's hard. Mm -hmm. But when you're at the top sharing light, it's mm -hmm. easy when other people already listen to you. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that's what I see in the world. I see that there's so much, yeah, negativity, but also so much expansion. And we each have our parts to play in it. I mean, look at you right now, Kate. You're playing your part. <laughs> You're talking to me. I'm playing my part. I'm talking to you. Somebody else is going to play a part, and they're going to listen. And then they're going to go, wow, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and we change the world together because we have that light in us. Yeah. And we have to share it. We don't have a choice. That's, you know, somebody once said you have freedom of choice. Well, once you know what you need to do, there is no choice. You just do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> So I see the world. I see the world for the polarities that it is, and that it will always be. And it depends on what we're going to focus on, yeah. and then what light we bring into our lives. Because each of us is connected to a group, and as we share this with our family, for instance, and they become more harmonized and balanced, and they feel better, they share it, or they work with theirs. And before long, this just spreads. the The light of existence spreads. And we move into a new age, and and that's what uh, this this uh, this young man is talking about when he's talking about it in his his show that he's doing is is that he needs us to get on board so they can get their job done, and he's coming out at sixteen saying you guys didn't do it. Come on, <laughs> I'm here to help usher in enlightenment, and you guys are still getting depleted and broken down by all these other things. That's not right. You're going to have to help us fix this, and then I'll help take. I'll do my parts. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Wow, that's been so incredible, David. Thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge and wisdom with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a it's a joy to have been gifted to live this life and to watch what it does, and uh, to be the responsible party and and know that I'm I'm. My integrity is the most important part when I do what I do, and, and and to enjoy that. It's been great. Amazing, amazing. So I'll put the links. Uh, I'll put the links to the Taki on our site, and also I'll put a link to where's the best place if you you've got a load of videos, haven't you? Like loads of videos. Loads of videos. Well, what I would suggest, Kate, is if you would direct everyone to your site and then put a link from your site to mine. Okay. And then I can track who's coming from you. Uh-huh. And that's a good thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time, David. Oh, you're very welcome, Kate. Anytime. All right. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Blessings. <laughs>